Hey, but guys, your boy Eli from the Geeks and Tyrians, with my good brother Joe. How you doing, doing buddy? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. You and know? this is our third episode of the Watchmen Review. Uh, third episode, uh, she was killed by space junk. Was is that she... also a reference to a song or, or various pop culture thing like the previous two? Because I don't know. It is. It's so, um, and I'll get to it as soon as we can. But, you know, first uh, first thoughts, Joey, what are your first thoughts of this episode? Um, I have uh, thoughts, uh, pretty solid episode. Um, definitely, uh, we're sort of seeing, like, uh... Angela, if I remember correctly, that's yeah. the char- char- main uh, character. That is her name. Yeah, so the main character's name. Uh, struggling through a lot of stuff. Um, we also see the introduction of... Uh, um, you, you uh, forgot her name, didn't you? I forget her name, but she's Silk Spectre. Yeah, she's Silk Spectre. She's the second Silk Spectre. She is um, Lori Blake. Yeah, Lori Blake. Lori Blake. Okay. She's taking to the comedian's last name. That's interesting. Cause it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's a, you don't know. I think she finally accepted the things that happened to her mother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, to be fair, that's a, it, it was it went from a bad situation to a loving situation real, real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Anyways, we get a bunch of stuff like that. We get, uh, I think we get that theory confirmation of. Uh, yeah, and we'll get to that when we get to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Honestly, just a lot of stuff happening uh a lot of uh kind of just uh i don't know it's all solid it felt slow but it was good yeah i guess yeah yeah there is a lot of like yeah that means sort of like takes a step back a bit mm-hmm. uh it's probably just to like get like sort of a new perspective on like the current situation happening with all the characters oh yeah through silk specter's eyes so yeah, yeah. from because uh, the first two episodes where we have just a new character now we're gonna get this character who is part of the world and see their um thoughts on it because uh laurie blake as we said the original silk Spectre, the second silk specter daughter of the original silk specter uh from a relationship with the comedian um i'm forgetting his first name but his last name was blake um do you remember no i feel like i want to say it's donald but i don't think it is that would be pretty funny. Yeah. No, but the episode starts off with um, Lori Blake going into essentially, I want to call it a confession booth. Because it feels very much like a confession booth. Yeah, and I believe it's supposed to be a uh, where they she can communicate to Dr. Manhattan. It's like a it's like this weird like telephone booth that connects you to like Mars. Yeah, supposedly collects you to Mars, I would say. Yeah, because uh, it never really... You just put, like, money in, and then, like, mm-hmm. it records a message, and it's like, I'll send, we'll send it to Mars. And it's like, I mean, can they do that, though? That's the real question. I mean, I think it's more or less to make to people feel comfort. Like, it's, it's a little phone to God. Yeah, yeah, which is like very sort of like telling in this universe. Yeah, because listen, we in this at this point in the world, there's no confirmation of God. Not saying that there is. I'm a Padre Espirito Santo. You can tell from the background of my over there. <laughs> You're gonna slap me for that, aren't you? I, I don't know. That's 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 you know that's whatever. Yeah, but no, the um the whole thing is so she it starts off with you know very much like her father starting off with a joke. You know, it's uh, the joke is whole is the 
this girl, this daughter of an um, architect throws a brick up the air. And the brick never comes back down. Just to let you guys know, this is a brick joke. It, and I'll explain to it as we go along. But, you know, that's how we start off. And then we go into what we know is currently happening with the whole Mass Vigilante things. Because Lori Blake, uh, Silk Spectre 2, is now part of the FBI. Yeah, and she specifically goes after vigilantes. Yeah, so anyone who's wearing a mask. Anyone who's not following the Keenak that was established in the book. Oh, Edward Blake, that's what it was. I was looking at it for the whole time. Alright. I was like, it's a very, it's a normal name. It's a not, it's, you know, it's not like Peter Parker and, you know, all those, what do you, what do you call it, the first flirter, yeah, whatever. But no, yeah, it's that. So it starts off with that. Um, you you think it's a bank heist. It's a basically, but no, everyone in there is working for the FBI. They're coming down to capture this guy. And he's like, what? And we get an instance of how um, Lori Blake's character is in this world. She's very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Jaded. She's very jaded. Like, holy crap. Like, the moment the dude tries to run away, she merely just, I don't, I, I forgot how many bullets, because I lost count. Yeah, she, like, unloads on him, and, and, like, one of her partners is like, how'd you know the bullets were gonna stop, uh, we're gonna kill him? And she just walks away. So that, implying that she was willing to totally kill this guy. Yeah, and then, uh, then later on, um, when the, this dude... Uh, what was this? What was that? <laughs> they gave a name to this masked hero. I don't remember what it was. I don't know. Yeah, I think it was a. Uh, I don't know. Some sort of dark thing because it was all in black. Yeah, he, he, he reminded me of Batman. I think I think that was the point. Yeah. Because <laughs> later on they mentioned he was just a rich asshole. Ah. Uh. Yeah. Um. You know. Um. Some people are like, "Why are you arresting him? He's a hero." And he's like, and she clear, she gives a response about him being an idiot rather than being a hero which makes sense because the whole book was essentially this commentary on like vigilantes not being well people like they're all kind of like selfish um assholes people who you probably shouldn't be um idolizing yeah yeah that makes sense to me oh yeah it totally makes sense to me too um what's and then we go into her life and it starts playing the music. So you were asking me about the she was killed by space junk. There's she plays a song called space. I think it was called space junk or something. I have to, I have to look and see because there's always there's always somebody who's pointing out these pop culture references that I don't even recognize. Yeah, and like it's it's based on a song that she immediately plays when she gets home. Ah, all right. Yeah, and uh, we get an into it, and you know she's just sitting there. You know she's feeding some a rat to something. It's pretty, it's a bird. It's an owl specifically. <laughs> it's an owl specifically. And so, you know, she opens a little cage. I like this. This, this insinuates her, her, who she is and how a conflict I think she's going to have later on. Uh, but she opens a case. It starts lighting up blue, which everyone's been saying is a reference to um, Pulp Fiction. I mean, I can see that. I mean, it opens it up. It's blue. We don't know until like later. Uh, well, in Pulp Fiction, we never find out what it is, but we find out what it is later in this episode. Yeah. But then, yeah. And... Later, she's visited by John Keane Jr. Yeah, the, the so, senator. The senator, the the guy, the son of the man who put on the Keen Act, where the May vigilante is not, you know, against the law now. Yeah. And she and so they start talking about the stuff that's happening in Tulsa, where we already know what's going on. Yeah. And this is where they, they, he dropped a hint that um, Night Owl 
the second night owl is basically in jail. Yeah, because like he he comes there to pretty much to like have her come in to investigate uh, Judge's de- death from like you know the first episode. Yeah, because there's clearly something going on, and um, now she want Keen wants her to be a part of it. Clearly, something. Yeah, you know, clearly we all know there's something going on. That everything is very cool, and I like the how they like the, the, this is a, this is good cinematography in my opinion, where like they framed her behind like Andy Warhol style of all the all the the main heroes from uh, Watchmen, except yeah. for Rorschach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it was like it was it was uh, it was Mandius, Night Owl, and Doctor Manhattan, and then it was her, but uh, her her who she is, uh, the actress playing. Uh, Lori Blake is behind the the painting of what essentially is her. Yeah, she's standing in front of herself. So like, yeah, it's just it's her like her now kind of. Moment. Yeah, her now. And I will say, so far they made Lori Blake's character a lot better than she was in the book and in the movie. If you want to see the movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. because the the one of the main uh, criticisms. That comes from uh, the Watchmen book and heck, even the movie, is that Lori Blake is just kind of there, like she has nothing to do with the role. Well, you can argue she does, but it's like she doesn't have much of a character. Uh, yeah, I guess what you mean, like you mean like she doesn't really have anything to do, that like in terms of like the overall like narrative, narrative. Yeah, she's she's not she's not pushing anything. But no, um, as, as we go along, the story continues. Um, we go into because Lori Blake is now working for the FBI, and apparently, if she helps out Keen, that means Night Owl gets out. Right? Yeah, because he he uses as leverage of like, listen, if I become when I become president, I can pardon anybody, and that includes you know your little your little bird in a cage. <laughs> yeah. So you know, obviously, that like he's sort of like doing this in part to like essentially help now get pardoned mm-hmm. and as we go and there's the whole briefing with her and we get we introduce this new character whose name is escaping me at this moment uh do you remember this dude's name uh not necessarily uh he was a he was a he's an fbi agent mm-hmm. but like he's mainly in charge of like gathering up information and research and all that stuff and he's a huge uh He's basically like a huge fan, essentially. But he's kind of like, he, listen. The only reason why I know this because I was like a history major and yeah. that stuff. His name is Dale Peavy. Okay. Yeah, and apparently um, HBO has released kind of like something called PD. It's it's a play on Wikipedia. It's called PDpedia or whatever. I don't know. And it basically goes into um, how Night Owl and how Night Owl got arrested. Basically, he did chose not to follow the whole Keen Act later on in life. Right. Because like. I mean, shit's happening. He's got to do something. But, um... Yeah. So, later... So, she she decides to partner up with old Petey. Because he's probably the only one who gets what's going on. Yeah. Because he's a lot smarter than anybody else. And he knows a lot about, um... Vigilanteisms. Which I kind of find it funny how he just comes in with a mask. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like, like, when in Rome, guys. Do like the Romans. I mean, yeah. But, um... We, we, I think we're later introduced to someone named Lady True. 
who um well not introduced but were mentioned her and i feel like she she she's gonna be of importance because she ends up quoting a line from osmandius the actual osmandius not the book not the watchman osmandius right yeah the whole uh look upon my works ye whatever i can't remember that whole line but no that's uh that's a clear that's a clear nod to the books and so by the way as this story is going Lori Blake is continually talking about um, this joke. She's saying to Dr. Manhattan through the phone. And it starts off with three heroes talking to God. The yeah. first, And each hero is basically... A representation of the other uh, members of the Watchmen. Yeah, except for Rorschach. So yeah, except for Rorschach. Yeah. Because like, the, the first person was Night Owl, and he's like, I've done all this cool stuff with technology, I save people's lives, and God being, I'm guessing in her mind, a nihilistic person. Um, ask him how many people that he killed, he's like, I didn't kill anybody. And the in her joke, God said not good enough, and so he, she snaps him to hell. Right. And then we go into, and then like you know as the story goes along, at some point he just talks about Adrian Veidt, Clearly, I was managed because he's like the smartest man in the world. He's caused a lot of um, death and destruction because of the squid thing. Yeah. Um, you know, break a couple eggs and all that good stuff. So I make an omelet. And she snaps in the hell. And we'll get to the third one because the obvious third one is Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah, but no, as we go along, um, she arrives and she starts talking to, um, she starts investigating the crime scene. And she notices that there's something wrong there. And that leads her to go talk to the the rest of the Tulsa Police Department. And we get uh, we get introduced to Pirate Jenny. We finally know her name. Yeah. And I'm still waiting on what happened to Panda because he's probably the most interesting one I know. But now, um, as soon as it goes, and from there, she's starting to turn looking glass. And she's just making fun of him the whole time. Yeah, like, uh, she's, like, very jokey. She's very scene. much coming off like her father. Like, she just, like, constantly, like, sort of jokes around, but then quickly gets really serious when she needs to be. Yeah, because, like, she's start making fun of his mask, and, like, like she's, like, cleaning herself up or whatever. Because, like, it's a it's a literal mirror. Yeah. And, like, she calls the little, the little um, machine that they use to uh, identify a racist as the racist detector. And he's, like, and, and, and looking glass is, like, it's not, that's not exactly how it works, but, you know. Yeah. So, um, it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> a lot of fun to see that. Her interaction with the rest of the crew. But no, she's able, she she finds out that um, Judd's funeral is happening soon. Yeah, and she goes and uh, Angela is uh, going to speak there as well. Yeah, she gives a eulogy. It's a nice eulogy. That's, they're, they're singing like his favorite song, which I'm pretty sure there's a meaning towards, but I have no idea what it is. Yeah, you know, somebody will figure it out. Someone, someone probably already figured it out by the time of this recording. But yeah, um, so as she's singing this song, there's a cut to uh, a f- Calvary, one of the Calvary's members digging a th- hole through a mausoleum. And he comes out of nowhere saying, I have a bomb stretched onto myself that is tied to my heartbeat so my heart stops beating. It's going to blow up. And he starts calling out Keen, saying that he is a... What did he say to him, Jay? Well, he's essentially waging war against them. And that, you know, 
Yeah, that he's a, he's against them and all that good stuff. And that he's gonna like you know if he comes with them nobody gets hurt essentially. Yeah, it's the, the usual stuff. And you know he grabs onto him. He's like, if anyone follows me, I'll detonate. I'll blow everything up. And immediately, Dory Lori Blake's like to the to the head. Yeah, like she just straight up just pulls out her gun. And but she but she wasn't. They weren't supposed to bring weapons, but like she's like, yeah, I got one on me. Yeah, always have a piece on you. Always. Yeah, and she just like blasts him immediately, and then like, of course, like you know he he wasn't lying. He, like, Surprisingly, he wasn't lying. <laughs> yeah, the bomb is like literally starts about to go off, and Angela uh, decides to quick thinking. By the way, quick thinking throws the casket. Well, with, throws him inside inside uh, the the hole that was they were gonna bury Judd in, and then throw the casket into her. Which holy shit, that's fucked up. I mean, you know it's. I get it. I get it. It's 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 within reason. But I'm like, man, if that was if that was someone I know and love, I would've been. Yeah, yeah. No, I understand that. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's... I get it. I get it. It's it's funny to me. But no, it's um, it blows up, and then we get this really cool um cut to um, Jeremy Irons uh character where like she's like she's looking where um, i think it was uh who was it um it wasn't it wasn't angela it was laurie she quick cut and you see like the reggae starts playing and it just cuts to like this this sculpture this you know this this head cult sculpture what do you call it uh the bu- a bust yeah yeah and it's like it's the mask and it's like oh that, that we're, we're into the adrian bite story yay my favorite part of the of the show where he's on there and he's clearly up to something, as we know. He's up to something. So, and as they go along, we uh, get to see sort of. A, he's basically making a um, spacesuit. Uh yeah, like yeah, he's like trying to get his like little clone butlers into like this spacesuit, and like he tries to like, I think he tries to launch him, but it, we uh, don't know. But I think it. It looks like a spacesuit. It's ba- so he's probably somewhere in this weird. He's trying to send something into space, or he's in space. Of all I know, we'll get into that later. But no, um, clearly it didn't work, and he's going off to look for for bigger, for better material. He, for whatever reason, there's buffalo. Yeah, like apparently there's like a game warden <laughs> that, that, that like lives on the property, and like he has buffalo, which really makes me wonder where the hell he is. Yeah. Like, is Which, he just on, like, some private secluded island, I, I assume? I have a theory, and we'll get to that when we get to that. Uh, but, you know, he, he could say we get another For He's a Jolly Good Fellow song. Yeah, and he's not really necessarily in the mood. I mean, I wouldn't be either if someone tried to fuck with my kill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it, he starts, you know, like, he gets, like, a, a letter from the game warden being like, Hey, don't kill my buffalo. And yeah, he, and he decides to like have uh, one of his maids type a letter for him. Yeah, like sort of sending a response back, being like, "Hey, screw you, I do what I want." So, so says Adrian Veidt, and we finally get confirmation, even though we all knew it. Yeah, yeah, this is definitely like one of those like, yeah, I think anybody that's even like seen the books or the movie were, are would be like. Yeah, no, that's that's Adrian's fight, so... That's Ozmandius. That's our boy. 
And he literally, I think the next scene is him dressing up which, in his old uh, outfit. <laughs> which it looks nice on him, by the way. Yeah, you know. It looks nice. It looks nice. I like it. It's it's It looks a lot better than the one in the movie. Well, I mean, to be fair, I think the movie was, like, modernizing the outfit. This is, like, seems like a straight, like, one-to-one. Yeah. And before we get to that, we gotta get to the last joke of that, um... Well, second to last joke of the whole God thing that Laurie was saying to Dr. Manhattan. And it's basically, you know, this is the Dr. Manhattan part of the, the joke. Where he he says, she says that this guy has basically got himself too. It's just he realized that he started, he realized that connecting humans is bullshit. Right, yeah, yeah. He's and like, God asked him how many people did he kill. He's like, and he uses the most well-known line of like, well, the same cells on a human body is the same cells on a dead body. Nothing really matters and all that stuff. And so after that, you know, God snaps into hell. And he's like, and he's fine with it because like in his, and Dr. Mahan's mind apparently in, in her joke, he's always in, he was always in hell. Which is kind of sad. I feel like the, the, those jokes are commentary on how she feels about each one of the characters, each one of the guys that were in the Watchmen, the, the watch, the those care those heroes, the, those you know that's her thoughts on each one of those guys, how they kind of maybe I don't know screwed her over. Yeah, yeah, it, does, it definitely seems like that. Like it's like her own way of like commentating on how she views uh, these uh, people now that like not in her older years. Sort of like uh, like every single one of them sort of like has all these flaws that to like even like to God like would be like mm-hmm. where they're going to hell. Yeah, and well, because they all know the secret, I guess. Yeah, that Osmandius obviously like you know because notice you know what let's let's talk about this later as in the spoiler portion of the review, um, you know we get back to Lori and she's trying to. Let, well, no. John Keane is being questioned about the stuff that happens, and and asked about about Rush's deal with the whole possible um, making their own Doctor Manhattan because they mentioned like this machine that what's what that made Doctor Manhattan, and so he's like, you know, I'm not worried about people from out there. I'm worried about the people here in our borders, in our states, in our country. Which again, I've said this before. I think it's a, this show is basically a clear nod to uh, current events that are going on right now, um, where they're focusing more on stuff here, or where it should be. I don't know. I don't know how to say that. I'm not a political guy. But as as we go along, um, Laurie starts questioning uh, Angela, and basically, and just Angela just starts to tell her, "Bitch, I'm not scared of you." <laughs> yeah, like she definitely sort of like. She brings up the fact that uh, you know Judd has the secret closet, mm-hmm. and she com- where she to where she compares it to like, you know, her father essentially, mm-hmm. who also had like a secret compartment in like his uh closet or whatever. Yeah, and she essentially is sort of like kind of on the trail, of like you know something, mm-hmm. and I and I feel like it's something that that would damage Judd's reputation. I feel like you need to tell me, and she's like. Uh, I don't know anything. Screw you. I ain't afraid of you. Yeah, but as we probably figured out, she has every reason to to not be okay with Jed. Yeah. Yeah, and so... Later on, we get to see um, Lori and her um, partner go back to their hotel rooms. 
each by each in their own separate rooms. And it's just a, then it just starts saying this the last part of the of of this god joke. Yeah. Where essentially, well, before we go to that, we gotta talk about what happens next. Uh, we find out what's in the what's in the box, and we'll get to that in the spoiler review. But clearly, it's it's what's in the briefcase is a sentiment that reminds you of Doctor Manhattan in a way. Uh, yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah, and again, we'll go into the spoiler review for that one. And then she starts sleeping with her partner. <laughs> yeah. Which I find was kind of funny because he starts wearing, he wears the mask during the whole thing. Yeah, it, it, you know that's. It's Kinky. Weird, yeah, it's, 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 you know, I ain't gonna say anything. No king shames here. But um, you know, later on she finishes off her joke, and her joke was essentially um that there was one more person in that lineup that God didn't notice, and it was, but it was basically Lori. It was her. She wasn't noticed. She wasn't there. God didn't pay attention to her. And God would ask her, and and the joke says God asked her, you know what, what did you do? And she says, Well, I'm the one who threw the brick, yeah, up in the air. Yeah, she recalls it. She it's a it's a callback to like the first joke she was trying to say with the the girl. Yeah, and, the brick. and for those of you that don't know, it's called a brick joke. Yeah, because the whole the, the idea of a brick joke is that you you make a joke involving a brick, and then it leads to no punchline. You make another joke and bring back the brick, and that is the punchline. Yeah. And, yeah, that's the fun part. So, that's how we get to this whole situation with Lori. And, and, you know, the brick comes back down and kills God. And then, good joke, everybody laughs, just like (laughs) comedian would say. And, you know, she, as the call's about to end, she tells Dr. Manhattan that, basically, screw you for abandoning us. I know you're not coming back. Everyone thinks you're coming back, but you're not coming back. And as she leaves, we, um, she, she's getting close to the, to the curve. And then a car falls out of nowhere. Yeah. And I think that's Angela's car. Possibly. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah, I think it was Angela's car. Yeah. And so as we, uh, so she was almost killed by a space junk. Well, that's what her think her her thought process because she immediately looks up to the sky and sees a red star, which is it's Mars, where Doctor Manhattan may be at. Yeah, and so yeah, and and so that's how the episode ends. And I I you said your thoughts now it's my turn to say my thoughts. I also think this is a very solid episode. Uh, it's probably not the strongest, but it's probably stronger when you have the whole thing around. Yeah, yeah. I think if you're if you're familiar with the material and familiar with the older characters, then I think this is probably like a pretty like solid episode. Like seeing like another like character from the original Watchmen comic, mm. sort of like being sort of brought into this new situation, a new scenario, and like having to like figure out uh, like what's happening, and uh, also just like getting to see like how they view the current world now yeah and yeah i was gonna say well you just said the whole thing like like i was gonna say more about like the whole like later on episodes that this this whatever happened here makes more sense yeah yeah and i think it was a good episode i liked Lori. she was probably one of the best things about this episode 
Yeah, yeah, she's she's just a really f- a fun character. Yeah, she's you can tell the actress is having so much fun with the role, and having seeing her like be this sort of basically taking up her father's whole idea of what what makes a good joke, and <laughs> her rolling with it, it kind of feels nice to know that um she's accepted the the events that have happened with her dad. Yeah, and uh, I like to see where where this goes along. But, you know, that's the end of our talk. Um, we're going to go into the spoiler session r- right now. In the next five seconds, we're going to, you know, give you time to go watch the episode as we talk about some of the important stuff that has happened. It's, I will say this is probably going to be the shortest episode. Yeah, I think it might be. Because everything was just, uh, it, there wasn't that much to talk about. And basically, a lot of things were confirmed that we just talked about earlier. Um, there's only a couple things. And there's only, like, one thing I really want to talk about in our spoiler discussion. Yeah. Yeah, so... Spoilers in the next few seconds. We're gonna give you a chance to go watch the episode, so you can come back and talk to us, check our thoughts, and yeah. Okay, Joey. So we find out what's in the briefcase. The briefcase is basically the big blue dildo. Yeah. That caught you off guard. It. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, when I was first watching it, I did not even know what it was until like. Uh, she started took, assembling it. Yeah, I was like. Is that? And then like, oh, oh! Once you go blue, there's nowhere to go. That's not. I made a joke earlier about that. I can't remember how it goes. God damn it! Yeah, yeah, you know, you tried, but yeah, I guess it's just it's it's a weird like kind of memento memento. Once you go blue, you don't know what to do. There you go. That's it. All right. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, but like, it's a weird memento for her to like. Yeah. that reminds her of Dr. Manhattan which, which I mean I get they were like you know they were together for a bit of time yeah because because uh, they, they also pan to an image of her and Dr. Manhattan together together like this is, they're basically fucking yeah so it's like it's definitely kind of like a weird way for her to view like her last attachment to Dr. Manhattan in, in her own way is this you know fucking dildo yeah it's i mean you can say whatever you want to say about that in terms with relationship with night owl because we don't know yet yeah um, but the reason i say there's a clear um connection to her past uh relationships because at the end of the book she basically she gets together with um with night owl yeah and there's a clear um sense of love there i mean night owl's biggest issue and one of the biggest issues night is in the book is that he can never get it up you forgot about that, didn't you? Eh, kind of, yeah. It's just like one of those uh, things you don't really... I mean, you don't remember in Zack Snyder's film where like, they immediately has sex and then there's like a huge fire flamethrower? No, I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. That, that. that wasn't subtle at all. No, that was not subtle at all. That's probably why I didn't remember it from the book. Yeah, because that was also in the book, apparently. But no, um, it's... I, w- I feel like this is a clear notion of how her relationships were. These are two men that she basically loved. Because let's face it, she was the one who actually loved Dr. Manhattan in the relationship. Yeah, and, what, and he was like, okay, I don't care. Yeah, have sex with three different me's. Will that work? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, that's just sort of like, I think that's like one of the weirder kind of things yeah but at the same time i feel like it makes sense for Lori. these are she basically lost two men that she's loved and you know dr manhattan was probably more of the 
more of a physical lover than he was a uh, emotional lover. Well, yeah, obviously he, he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't have emotions anymore. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's he, but he like for her, it's like he was clear he was still someone important to her. Um, no matter what you no matter no matter um, how it turns out, because she she immediately seems kind of glad that he's able to respond to her. Yeah. I mean, let's face it, Laurie was the only human connection that he actually had. He just didn't know how to go about it because he had no longer emotions. He felt no connection to humanity. Yeah. And it's it's interesting to see how that all plays out yeah. in the book. And I'm more interested to see how, this, how it plays out further as we go. Because, you know, in the movie, her and Dr. Manhattan, they have a one more thing. They have a one more talk before he goes away. Yeah. That doesn't happen in the book. And what happens in the book is that she and Night Owl bang one more time. You know, loving embrace. He's you know he he knows and he just walks away, and tells Adrian the whole nothing ever ends and uh yada yada yada. Well, in the in the movie they had the the nice little talk, and yeah, that's bad. Yeah, because I don't think. I don't think that their relationship is done. Um, it's possible. Yeah. It's it's interesting to see how this is going to play out. I want to see where... Ni- I want to know what's going on with Owl now. Because of this. Yeah, he... He's I in- want to know their relationship now. Holy shit. Yeah, because she's in the FBI now. And he's in prison. Yeah. So, like, there's definitely, like... There has to be, like, some sort of, like weird conflict uh, conflict there and it's yeah because I, I think well i think they both were and they just gave her the free pass and they, they locked him up maybe i, I don't know there, there, there's more i want to know about the relationship between night owl silk specter and dr manhattan now and this is probably the best way to introduce it. i've uh, well not the best way because it'd be weird to say the best way to introduce them is to bring back this weird love triangle that they had yeah it's well you can't say that Laurie was never important to Dr. Manhattan like yeah he and Nora like lost uh, a lot of human connections but at the same time um, like what's the word I'm looking for he cares for her yeah heck in in, um, the Doomsday Clock comic that they're coming out which will be ending soon at the time of this recording which is more issue left come on Jeff Johns come on and he spared in the book on Doomsday Clock. I think it was issue ten or or eleven. Yeah, it was issue eleven that they explained that they explained that Doctor Manhattan like spared this woman who was a criminal. Her name was Mary uh, Marionette because she was pregnant, and Adrian Vi was like, "That's weird for him to protect someone who was pregnant because the last time he because last time there was a pregnant woman involved, he didn't give a shit." Right. The Vietnam woman that uh, Blake had done the deed with. So it's so the reason he saved her is because she knew that that child would later be adopted by Lori. Ah, interesting. Yeah, and we'll have a loving home with her and uh, now. Yeah. Which again, this is not following that book, which is sad because I actually really like that book, even though it's taking forever to get out there. But aside from that, it's you can you can't say he never cared about her. Yeah. So seeing how this is gonna play out, especially with the relationship with Night Owl, 
Because let's face it, he's bound to show up. There's so apparently there was a lot more owl um, imagery around than I thought there was. Well, well, I mean, I only know the the, uh, the owl in the cage thing, but uh, I I don't know. I didn't pick up anything else. The I wear that uh, Angela wears when she's sneaking around. The that she's always near some sort of owl kind of theme thing. Her kids are her kid was dressed up as an owl. No, I didn't notice any of that. Yeah, I mean, like, it, that's like it's it's not. I don't think it was. I think it's just like one of those Easter egg things that people are making connections. Apparently, okay, yeah. But no, it's it's a. I think that's the most important thing to take away of this episode is the relationship that we have with the past characters, and Lori. Her, her basically her whole relation her whole. The whole thing that made her a character was her relationship with these men. Yeah. And now we're actually giving her a character while also exploring that relationship between these men. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because, like, literally, she did... Like, I'm not saying she didn't do anything, but it's like... She's upset that Dr. Manhattan's not, give, not, emotion, not giving her emotional support or whatever. And so she goes to a guy who does give her emotional support. And I don't know about the sex is, but okay, that's, that's totally up to them. But, um... But that's sort of the big thing that's going that's 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 going to be taken away out of this whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm I'm down to see what happens next. Yeah. Um, do you have anything you want to talk about that sh- that you feel that should be on the spoiler section? No, I think we uh, addressed most of the the things. Oh, the Adrian Vite thing. My th- the theory that I have. Yeah, yeah, wait, wait, yeah. So my theory is, and this has been a theory that's also been going around on the inter- on the interwebs, the interwebs, as they say, um, that he's probably not on Earth. He's probably in some some sort of weird um, holding cell that's out of the world, out, out out of Earth, and he's trying to find a way to get out. And supposedly, Doctor Manhattan was the one who built that um, preservatory for him. Hence why there's so many replicants of his maiden butler. I mean, that would be very, that would be a very interesting, that's an interesting theory. I haven't heard it. It would. It seems plausible. It seems plausible given the circumstances, but at the same time, at least for me, it's like, the explanation is like, oh, Dr. Manhattan did it. It's like. Well, I mean, he could totally do it, but did he really do it? I don't know. We don't know. We have to wait until he actually shows up. Yeah. And I think uh, it's going to be a real fun thing to go on. Because next episode, it looks like we're going to go more into who this lady True is, because that's why I mentioned her earlier. Yeah. And I think she might be the lady who um, who keeps reading all those newspapers that we talked about in episode two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's all I got. Yeah, I mean, I think we I've discussed everything that I thought was interesting. Yeah, and like it's like I said earlier, I feel like this is more on the short side of our talks because everything because there's a lot of things that were answered and but there's also there's still some questions, but most of the questions were like at this point, we'll just wait for the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I think that's about it. You're tired, I can tell. Yeah, daylight savings time really messes with you sometimes. Oh, yeah. Dude, at work? Oh my god. I feel like I should have been gone a long time ago. But no, um, that's all I got. Yeah, I, I guess that's the end. That's it. That's it. That's the end. So, thanks for checking us out. We're the Geek Centurions. Please follow us, follow us on all social media platforms Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, 
Also, check us out on CastBox, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast. Uh, I'm just forgetting. Spotify, Pandora. And did I say CastBox already? You said CastBox already. All right. Sometimes I forget. Sometimes, there's a lot of boxes in there. And a lot of pods and stuff. So it's kind of hard to remember sometimes. Oh, and the YouTubes. We're on YouTube. Please check us out there. Subscribe to us. Hit the bell icon. You hate me for that, don't you? No. Uh, you know, that's... Listen, <laughs> so, I, uh, listen that, that's understandable. You know, sometimes I, I, I even miss notifications if I don't hit the bell icon when I'm subscribed to stuff. So, you know. Yeah. Also, please support us on Patreon. As Kelvin would say at this moment, we are broke back college students. More, he's he's more of a broke ass college student than I am. No, I still love you, Kelvin. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, we it was it would mean a lot for you, a lot of mean a lot to me, to him, to Joey, to all the guys that um help who always show up on the show to know that you guys are supporting us in any way possible. And yeah, that's been us to the gig experience. This has been Joey with a big ass yawn. Yeah. <laughs> and uh your boy, your boy Eli. This has been the Kickstarterians and we are signing out. Peace.